1: You are listening to the Perspectives series from Premier Myton, a regular podcast on investment views from Premier Myton's macro thematic multi-asset team. I am Anthony Rayner, co-fund manager with David Jane of Premier Myton's range of macro thematic multi-asset funds. In this series, we provide our personal views and individual perspectives across a broad range of investment-focused topics based on over 50 years of combined investment experience. Do central banks have to choose between the stability of consumer prices and the stability of the financial system? In some ways, we feel like we've been waiting for this moment for decades. It's not a moment we've been looking forward to, but it is one which we felt was inevitable. A moment when central banks, or to be more precise, the US Federal Reserve, cannot so easily ride to the rescue of financial markets, something they've been doing since the Greenspan put back in 1985. It's not because of a change in philosophy or a principled stance to avoid adding to the layers of moral hazard of recent decades. It's simply because they have a remit to keep inflation under control. And unfortunately, it remains elevated. As a result, Fed actions now have more complex implications. Inflation was never dead forever, nor was it transitory back in 2021, and nor, we believe, will it obediently return to 2% and stay there, though it is falling from its peak. Nor, in fact, is inflation always best represented by consumer price inflation, or CPI. Though this is the metric the consensus narrative focuses on, and to be fair, it is the Fed's official target. However, much of the CPI is driven by imported inflation, such as energy prices, rather than being domestically generated. The Fed has more control over domestically generated inflation and consistently talks about services inflation, much of which is driven by wages inflation services inflation remains elevated and the labour market remains tight on most measures. In short, much of the inflation metrics that the Fed cares about remain elevated. Of course, the Fed also cares about systemic risk to the financial system, or at least to the degree that it affects the US, and they will of course be concerned about recent stress in the banking system. To be clear though, it's not a binary decision for central banks. It's not necessarily a choice between reining in inflation and mitigating banking system risk. Central banks have a range of tools available to them, above and beyond official interest rates, which they can use to help struggling banks. That said, if rates stay high across the curve, albeit that they are lower than a few weeks ago, other areas will continue to come under stress, not necessarily just in the banking sector. For example, corporates are much more leveraged than financials in this cycle. Indeed, hiking rates leading to stress is well-proven in history. Recent examples include the Fed hiking before the US housing collapse in 2008 and before the dot-com collapse in 2001. The current situation has been characterised by one of the largest hikes in US interest rate history, with much of the lagged effects yet to be felt. Also, the yield curve stays inverted, and it seems reasonable to assume that the yield curve leads lending standards, which in turn lead the economy. It's not clear where we are going, it rarely is, but it seems sensible to conclude that recent events add an additional dimension to policy risk though the consequences might not be limited to the banking sector. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode interesting. Look out for other episodes in the Perspective series.
0: This podcast is for investment professionals only and is issued by premier and Investors, which is the marketing name for Premier Portfolio Managers Limited and Premier Fund Managers Limited, which are authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. The value of investments can fall as well as rise.